Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is a short, oh, about a 12-minute study each day designed to get us into God's Word for a little bit each day and thereby help us to focus on our spiritual life, our spiritual well-being, and also our relationship with God to help get us into a better frame of mind to take on the day, whatever the day may throw at us. Now, we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can, and we literally mean share them. In sharing, you may help somebody turn their life around by starting to get them into God's Word and starting to think about their souls and their salvation, their eternal destiny. You may help them start to think about their relationship with God and maybe you can help them get on the right path that will lead them to eternal life with God in heaven. So think what a great impact you can have for eternal good on people around you just by starting to share these short studies with them. Now you can share through Facebook friends, through text messages. You can share perhaps through some other technological means that you have access to. So do that. Share these with your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody you possibly can. We're talking about how we can be forgiven of our sins. In a previous section of study in today's Bible class, we talked about sin. And that being man's biggest problem, bar none, no comparison to any other problem that we might face on this earth. Sin is our biggest problem. Now, we noted that in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, we're told the wages of sin is death. And that's talking about spiritual death primarily. Separation from God because of our sins, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. And if we die physically while we're, all, while we're already dead spiritually because of our sins then we're talking, to, uh, talking about eternal condemnation in hell, separation from God and all of his glory for all of eternity, 2, Corinth, uh, 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 9. The revelation tells us that that is the second death. That's eternal condemnation again in hell. The, other re the rest of Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, after it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, we know which end of the spectrum we want to be on, right? We know where we want to be in question between these two opposites. One, condemnation in hell because of our sins, and the other, eternal life in Christ Jesus, a home in heaven with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's where we want to be. There's no question between the two. Now, how do we get forgiveness of our sins? Because we must be forgiven before we can be saved, in order that we can be saved. Well, we've talked about that through baptism, clearly told. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, so that your sins can be forgiven and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 22 and verse 16, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Baptism is that avenue through which 
that act of obedience through which God forgives us, and it's only through God's forgiveness that we can be forgiven. God forgives us of our sins and counts us righteous and saved before him. Now, baptism, not found in the Old Testament, so it's not part of the Old Testament law of Moses. And again, we talked about just thinking about you've never heard the word baptism before. You've never heard a sermon on it. You've never read anything about it. You've never had a conversation with anybody regarding it. And you have no family histories that have anything to do with baptism, no denominational allegiances, no friends or spouses or parents or preachers that you want to please regarding that particular topic. So let's just open up God's word. Again, we're told to do that, to find out what the truth really is, God's truth. Study to show yourself approved before God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding it correctly and applying it correctly. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Let's keep an open mind. Let's use common sense and simply open up the scriptures and ask them, and we're really asking God through those scriptures, what am I supposed to believe on this most important topic, this most important doctrinal teaching regarding the forgiveness of my sins? God's word will guide us if we'll let it. The word baptism, various forms of it, is found 103 times in 75 New Testament verses. Now, anything that is talked about that many times, well, if it's in the scripture one time, it's important because that's God's word. But 103 times in 75 New Testament verses of scripture, it is alluded to in many others without using the word specifically. Passages such as John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, where Jesus talks about being born again of water and of the Spirit. And Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, where Paul, writing to Titus, talks about the washing of regeneration. Well, again, alluded to without using one form or another of the word baptism itself. But 103 times the word or one, one or another forms of the word is used in 75 verses in the New Testament. On average, it appears in every third chapter in the New Testament. One out of five times when the word is found, and that's 22 times, it comes from Jesus himself. So anyone who would tell you that Jesus never said anything about baptism, 22 times we find Jesus speaking on baptism. Baptism was the first public act of Jesus's ministry. And baptism was among the last words he spoke while still on this earth. Now think about that. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16, Jesus, let's go back to verse 13. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Now, somebody says baptism isn't important, baptism isn't necessary, you don't need to worry about baptism. Why did Jesus get baptized? Why did he go through that act of obedience to God? 
John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. All righteousness. It was God's word. Then he, that is John, allowed him. And when he had baptized him, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Wow. In whom I am well pleased. And then we turn to John, or rather, I'm sorry, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, in verses 19 and 20. Jesus was ready to ascend back to heaven after his resurrection, having been crucified on the cross and buried in the tomb. And he told the apostles to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age of the world. Amen. The first public act in his ministry, Matthew, Matthew 3 and verse 16, Jesus was baptized by John. Among the very last words he uttered in the face of this earth before he ascended back to heaven, he told the apostles to go into all the world and baptize those who had become followers of him. Baptism was preached in the first sermon the church ever heard on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. We've talked about that verse. Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are about 3,100 people specifically mentioned as having been baptized in the New Testament. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 Verse 41, verse 47, Acts chapter 8, verses 12 through 13, chapter 9, verse 18, and the list goes on and on and on. An incredible number. Well, we read about 3,000 being baptized on that first day of the church coming into existence in Acts chapter 2. We look at that. About 3,000 were baptized on that day. Baptism not necessary? Why did, how, why did Peter, Peter then answer in the way that he did when he was asked by those Jews, what shall we do? What do we need to do? Well, what is baptism? We want to study about that. We want to try to understand it in depth and clearly and correctly. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving us your word and through your word showing us how you want us to come to you for forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Christ as we're baptized into him so that our sins can be forgiven. Thank you, Father, for giving us such an easy and clear instruction to understand and obey and guide us to submit our will to your will and obey. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in the name of Christ. Amen.